Okay, I really don't know how to start this. I figured I would try and do something at least a little bit creative, but then I had a realization. Oh, no. I'm not creative at all. (laughs) (laughs) So when Shane said he couldn't come today because he was obviously dying of some sort of illness, I I guess I had a momentary crisis where I was like, who's going to be the host? Oh, wait. I have to be the host. It's you. You're the captain Uh, of this ship now, buddy. Well, everyone get on their life preservers because we're going down. Uh, I don't know how to lead into other preambles, so um, I don't even remember the things he says. Uh, uh, Behold, (laughs) this is the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Michael. And I'm Courtney. (laughs) And going with our theme of only having two of our four uh, co-hosts on for the last two weeks, uh, we just uh, switched out one for the other. You know Uh, what this reminds me of is like when a TV show tries to make like a spinoff about background characters and then the background characters are just not interesting. Oh, I'm having Joey flashbacks. (laughs) Oh, jeez. I love Friends, but I couldn't. I I, I only got like two, three episodes into Joey. I I just couldn't (sighs) hurt. It hurt to watch. I couldn't care anything about any of the people in there. Even Joey. So thanks for coming to our spinoff episode. We'll <laughs> just disinform spinoff podcast. Oh, jeez. It's called Disinterested. The <laughs> I am the Disinterested podcast. Just download it. You don't even have to listen. Don't even listen. It's fine. Yep. It's perfect. Uh, so I don't know any other preamble to do, so I'm just going to jump headfirst into it. Just, you know, like, like you do. Um, Perfect. so how, how the, uh, how the podcast works for, I, I'm sorry if this is your first time. Oh, this is a terrible You're impression. Welcome. Ooh, but you know, if it somehow is your first time, what we typically do here, cause I remember he always says typically, uh, <laughs> what we typically do here is, uh, we talk about some random esoteric topic and in the course of doing so, we, you know, throw in a couple of lies, try and make it interesting. And then it is up to the co-host, in this case, Courtney, to ferret out said lies, to try and, you know, discern fact from fiction, um, to yell posse as a callback for, you know, people that remember a hundred episodes ago, um, and uh, call out the lies that I have in my episode. So at the end, to not leave you disinformed, uh, I will go over the lies and we can have a jolly good laugh about that. I that think was I, great! I think I covered everything. It's almost like muscle memory, even though I haven't done it. It's like getting back on the bike, but not like Biden and falling off of it. So... I I wanted to throw in that reference at least once. (laughs) You know what it reminds me of you doing the intro is episode one. And now I feel like I need to also say the intro again in case nobody missed, you know, if they didn't get it the first time. And then you can say it again, again. Reiterate it. Just to really nail down the point. Really mans. Like, you know what? I'm going to sit. You can't see it because, you know, this is an audio medium, but I'm manspreading (laughs) right now. So I can mansplain while I manspread. Uh, that actually hurts. I don't know why people sit like that. <laughs> Fucking rude people. Um, <laughs> but uh, so now uh, on to more lighter topics. And what I mean by that is I've always wondered. Oh, sorry. There are seven lies. Oh I feel like God. I'll throw that out there. So I've always wondered about the difference between murder and assassination. A difference that seems cut and dry falls away when you really zoom in on it. 
Um, this is where I would ask, Courtney, in your opinion, what do you think the difference between murder and assassination is? There is no wrong answer because I didn't look it up. <laughs> oh, assassination obviously is if the person's important. Like, everyday people, not important. You can be murdered. That's fine. But if you're, like, important, it's assassination, obviously. That's a good cynical answer. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, I actually kind of agree. Uh, I, I personally think that the difference is a matter of motivation and popularity, uh, as unfortunate may <laughs> sound, uh, with the motivation being typically of a political nature. Um, yeah, it says the two members of the podcast that could be murdered and not assassinated. Yeah, I I feel like Shane would be like martyred in some way, and I don't even talk. I don't even touch upon that or executed. Ooh. Because now we're just getting into the reads with like all sort of different things. Oh yeah. Um, I almost tried, and then I'm like, no, we're we're now getting into diagrams. I'm gonna have to draw something out on my whiteboard. No, no, we'll we'll keep it simple, you know, with just two things. So, um, but they are both important: motivation and popularity. Think about it. If it's just the politics being taken into consideration, would a hate crime be considered an assassination? Right. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a good thing to think about. And then I had to go a little bit further because I don't uh, I have no sense of control or filter. Would a <laughs> genocide just be a massive amount of assassinations? And you can quote me on that. Huh. It's 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 yeah. When you think okay. about it, right? So it can't just be political in nature, or you know, influenced by some sort of politics or beliefs that way, right? Um, but if we want to take into account popularity, then how popular does someone have to be for it to be considered an assassination? And when I was writing that, my first thought was, when is a hill considered a mountain? How many grains of sand do you need to add to the hill? Like, how much popularity do you have to be? Were you, like, important in the 70s as some, like, you know, one-hit wonder? Would that be considered, a uh, you know, an assassination? Um, thankfully, <laughs> we don't have to get too deep into that conversation when talking about today's topic, as all can agree that this act and all the failed acts before it constitute an assassination. I am continuing our podcast little series of assassinations of world leaders, which now that I say it out loud, seems a lot more uh, terrifying than it should. Um, but considering how often Russia has been in the news and how fantastic it'd be if a current world leader were to meet a similar fate, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, um, I feel like it would be a good time to talk about one of the more less known assassinations, the assassination of Tsar Alexander II of Russia. While this assassination is not as important as modern ones, it is important nonetheless as it definitely helps set the stage for the eventual overthrow of the monarchy, which I won't be getting into today because <laughs> I realize that I wrote a lot about it. Uh, so this will actually be a two-parter. Oh my um, gosh. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about the man in question, Alexander II, and about the many failed assassination attempts on him because there are more than a few. Um, and then next week, I will talk about the one that actually uh, hit home. I almost said sunk. <laughs> the one that took? Yeah, the one that actually took. Tried enough times. <laughs> this one finally hit. Um, those, mo those, those, what am I saying? Anyway, um, before I get into the multiple attempts on this guy's life, and like I said, there are multiple, I feel like we should take a brief look into the man that so many people wanted to kill. Contrary to your immediate assumptions, this man was not the autocrat that many associate with the uh, Russian crown. Because when people think of the Russian monarchy, they think 
holding power with an iron fist, not caring what anyone says, not doing anything for the Russian people, Russian, you know, serfs and all that other fun stuff. You know, the whole reason why uh, the Soviet Union, Soviet, I always pronounce that word wrong. The Soviet, the Soviet (laughs) um, (laughs) Union took over. The USSR, as I'm going to call it, um, if I refer to it again. Um, so, so this isn't Alexander the Great. This is like Alexander the Mediocre then? Like who? Well, he in some places he's actually known as Alexander the Liberator or Alexander the Good Tsar. Um, I don't mention either of those, but I can throw that in a little bit here and there. Uh, he was born in 1818, the eldest son of the second youngest brother of the current emperor, Alexander I. That becomes important, and I'll explain why. Um <laughs> Thus, because he was the eldest son of the second youngest brother of the current emperor, he wasn't expected to take the throne at all. However, Checks like out. many, exactly right. If he's the third brother twice removed of of the fiftieth uh, emperor, like from thirty years ago, he's the you Prince know, Harry. You know, ex- exactly. He's not. He's going to do his own Netflix special, or no? I think that was canceled, wasn't it? I don't I know. Think, I don't um, think they are getting that. They tried for a book deal. I don't know if that went through either. Ah, gotcha. Well. Like Prince Harry, <laughs> Alexander is not getting a Netflix de- – well, he's not going to do a Netflix documentary on his life because he's kind of, you know, dead. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, however, like the case – like many other cases with the mo- with the monarchy, you know, fate usually has a different idea than what the line of succession says. So when Alexander's uncle, Alexander I – like I said earlier in the pre-roll, there are a lot of Alexanders, <laughs> so be warned. Trigger warning for the name Alexander. Oh, I say no. it a lot. Um, when Alexander I died of typhus in December of 1825, it was first unclear he would take the throne. When Alexander I died, he had many, many children, but all were born out of wedlock. He had a lot of bastards. Uh, and since none were recognized as legitimate, he did not recognize any um, the throne fell to Alexander I's younger brother, Grand Duke Constantin. Unfortunately, to make this even more interesting, uh, interesting, because Constantin <laughs> and interesting, un- uh, to make it more interesting, uh, Constantin had secretly renounced his claim to the throne two years prior. Oh, the drama. <laughs> exactly. This is like, a, you know, Game of Thrones going on right yeah. here. Meaning the even younger brother, Nicholas I, and our Alexander's father assumed the throne. Okay. I say assumed because this succession crisis actually led to a revolt in the same month as Alexander I's death, December. Aptly named the Decemberist Revolt, it was a military coup of some 3,000 troops loyal to Constantine, who fought with royalists to, um, who fought with people that were loyal to Nicholas I. Uh, Nicholas I's supporters fired heavy artillery at the rebels, who quickly scattered. Those who were caught were either hanged, sent to prison, or the worst-case scenario, exiled to Siberia. Uh, Wasn't it a little cold to be having a war in December? Like, isn't that kind of, like, poorly thought out? They couldn't have waited? They're used to to the cold. Um, I feel like that's their only only shtick, is that they're just, they, they will fight in the cold. Everyone else fails. That's why you never invade Russia in the winter, but... They know how to fight. I think at this point too, they might have invented a uh, vodka, oh, so that they might were be fine. why. Yeah, they were exactly. So warm. They got the they got the warmth in their veins. Um, thus, our Alexander, the future Alexander II, 
went from a branch of the royal family to the heir apparent, or I think the term is Tsarevich, um, by the age of seven. He spent a good amount of time traveling around Europe and was even the first of the Romanov line to visit Siberia. Uh, he even fell in love with and possibly romanced a 20-year-old Queen Victoria of Ooh, Great Britain. Drama. I know, I know. <laughs> it's so interesting hearing about these monarchs' lives. You know, it's almost like we care about them in America to the point where we follow the British monarchy now. Ugh. Did you watch the show <laughs> The Great? Have you seen it? Oh, that's um, that's a Hulu show, right? Yes, it's about... Catherine. Catherine the Great, mm-hmm. yeah. So I will, um, if if I do actually enjoy, I did actually enjoy it. I don't know why I'm asking myself this question. <laughs> I enjoyed writing this episode. Her father, I think, and then one of her sons actually also gets assassinated in some way, shape, or form. A lot of people around her, including yep. her husband, kind mm-hmm. of mysteriously die. Huh. Um, so I actually might do a little bit more delving into that, too, because I think that stuff is interesting. Um, the political machinations of of monarchs just fascinates me. I think that's why I latched on to Game of Thrones so much. Anytime they talked about the White Walkers or anything like that, I'm like, eh, just <laughs> give me more like, give me more Lan- Lannisters sleeping with each other and all that other fun <laughs> stuff. No, go watch The Great because it's probably one of the best TV shows. It's Is so it? funny and it, ugh, I love that show. Okay. I did hear good things about it, and it's just one of those things where it's like, I could watch it, but, you know, I have so much other things to watch, like um, the, was it the cab, uh, the Guillermo del Toro's um, Cabinet, oh, the new Cabinet anthology of Mysteries series? or something? Yeah, mm-hmm. we've watched a couple of those. It's really good. Uh, I got to watch the next season of um, Big Mouth because I haven't watched that one yet, and I'm a sucker for Nick Kroll. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and then a million other things that I have to catch up on. But I will add it to my growing list. With all that free time you have. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Um, well, if this podcast dies, I'll have, I'll have plenty of free time. <laughs> Considering we've been joking about it for the last two months. Oh, um, <laughs> what a slow, tragic death. Uh, it's like it's like cancer. Um, this, this podcast is a cancer. Um, so... When Alexander II actually became Alexander II in 1855, he found a country in turmoil. Well, with the disastrous Crimean War coming to a close, and it was disastrous, pretty much it was a lot of the other uh, European powers beating the shit out of Russia because Russia was still pretty much operating out of the Dark Ages. Um, I'm only exaggerating a tiny bit there. Um, (laughs) And again, speaking of the European powers, many of them did not like the Romanov dynasty which was Alexander's. Um, While Alexander II still believed in his autocratic powers, going so far as to reject any moves to set up any sort of parliamentary system like they do in Great Britain, um, he still believed in listening to public opinion, in part probably because he didn't want a lot of revolts going off. Um, (laughs) So he actually made a lot of uh, fairly liberal reforms during his tenure as emperor. One of the one of his major decisions was the Emancipation Manifesto of 1863, which, aside from kind of aping a similar decree the U.S. had several months prior, the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, freed a different type of slave, 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 slave in the Russian Empire, the serfs. So I mentioned earlier about serfdom being, you know, serfs yeah. being freed. Yeah, it was 1863 that he made the proclamation that freed the serfs. Was it really him? Yes. 
he was the one that freed in the show (laughs) (laughs) oh really well i there were there were earlier i'm sure it happened multiple times where people like no we actually we would like them around and then the next person came in and they were like no they can go (laughs) yeah or like because i know the history of serfdom goes i mean it goes back a long time but there were a couple of uh czars before him that kind of at least helped make their lives a little less shitty sure um so I, I'm not going to say that he did not do that, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, um, so f- oh, sorry. I was thinking about it. Did the first Alexander really not have any legitimate heirs? Is that true? He did not have any legitimate heirs. Mm-hmm. That is a very true. Uh, yeah, wow. yeah, he died childless. This actually happens a lot. Um, he shouldn't have been allowed to be in charge then. If well, you're, not, <laughs> if you're yes. not breeding, you're not leading. I mean, that that there's a reason why that is such a big trope. At any time there's any sort of monarchy story, like you got because otherwise you have a succession crises like this. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big deal. Um, that's actually why the current British dynasty is German. They are Saxe-Goldberg-Gotha, technically. Um, they come from Hanover, which is a state in Germany. Uh, huh. When one of the, uh, it was, I think, the Tudors, I believe, when the last Tudor died. Or no, it was Stuart. Um, Stuart, because they had the whole Civil War in the 1800s. They did it before it was cool. Um, <laughs> the Stuart line died out, if I recall correctly. And then they had no one that was like, they had someone that was like distantly related, like several generations back, that was married to someone in the in this German kingdom. And so they're like, hey, you know, you're already a king of Hanover. Why don't you be king of, you know, or emperor, or no, still king of Great Britain. So oh, interesting. That's also why a lot of the uh, royalty in World War One were actually related. Like the uh, Kaiser and Tsar were cousins, and they were grandchildren of Queen Victoria. So goes all the way to the top, guys. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's it's uh, it's. There's a reason why there's a lot of conspiracies about reptiloids controlling the monarchy, or the monarchy are reptiloids, or something, because <laughs> they, yeah. It's uh, there's a lot of trees that have roots that bend in on themselves, if you will. Um, <laughs> think back to the Habsburg line and their glorious chins that make Jay Leno's chin look disappointing and weak, weak. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I could go on about random history about that because I am a big history buff. Anyway, um, let's see. Yeah, so for those who uh, aren't aware what a surf is, they were pretty much um, it's an I it's kind of feudalism but in the modern day <laughs> like fairly modern day um to where they were peasants that were tied to the land um think of it as like you're renting like the house apartment that you're renting but you can't leave and your landlord makes you work the fields so you still have to you know you're still living there you you have to rent it's not yours you don't own it but you have to still work the land as if you did um and you also couldn't leave you were stuck there chained if you will uh, which is why a lot of people consider serfs to be another form of slavery. Not chattel sa- slavery that, you know, the United States did, but neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I just explained what I was going to say anyway. Alexander <laughs> also encouraged massive infrastructure reforms by actually building railroads all over the empire, which was something that was already happening in, you know, the rest of Europe a good 40, 30 years prior. So he was like, you know, maybe we should actually start connecting this gigantic landmass that is the Russian Empire. Um, he also drastically overhauled the military, in part because 
during the Crimean War, if I recall correctly, um, it was peasant levies. So literally you would be or it would be serfs. So they would go up to, you know, these families and be like, hey, your son is now in the military for 25 years. Say goodbye to him oh. because because a, a lot of people considered that a death sentence. Yeah, um, because it was these massive armies where it was people like a lot of armies back in the day, like guns, you know. And and firing these guns at, you know, other people, whereas the Russian uh, Empire had so many people and not enough guns that they figured they would just do the opposite. Um, There is kind of a joke in some, you know, in some circles about like the Soviet Union, which also had the kind of the same problem where they would have, you know, a small squad of a couple of people and they would have one gun. And the idea was that when the person with the gun died, you were supposed to be right next to him so you could pick up the gun. Uh, It was kind of like a hot potato. Um, (laughs) Just don't die before you get the gun. And then you you can fire it. That seems really effective, though. Like, you know, you would never be wasting the gun. Exactly. Recycling. But people people are replaceable. Guns are forever. Yeah, guns are made of metal. You know, you got to mine the metal, right? People... You know, if you start, you, you got to take care of them so often. You got to feed them. You got to give them water. You got to occasionally put things over their heads so they don't, you know, die of frostbite or, you know, something Ugh. like that. Yeah, I know. It's it's super. It's <laughs> what so, a waste. Like a gun, you just have to re-oil it, maybe like scuff out some, you know, rust or something like that occasionally. But people, you got to take care of, you know. So why not focus on making these guns and, you know, people make themselves. You just got to leave them alone for five minutes. <laughs> Um, so focus on the, focus on, you know, the gun and just people will follow. Um, let's see here. And I did mention drafting serfs for a period of 25 years. Um, he also reformed the penal system and how rural, rural lands are governed. Um, so he pretty much overhauled a lot of the, uh, governance of the Russian empire, uh, going all the way up to the top. So Um, he put a big target on his back then for people who benefited from the old regime surprisingly not a lot of people targeted him for that and you will find out why so i'm mentioning all these liberal reforms liberal reforms which look great on paper but as we'll see uh doesn't (laughs) doesn't turn out great in execution yes yeah um and so speaking of the u.s from the slavery that i mentioned earlier in 1867 russia sold their american colony alaska to the u.s for 7.2 million dollars which is about 140 million in 2021 money. Uh, so that's probably like, you know, 300, 300 million, you know, thousand or whatever in today's inflation money. That was a bad <laughs> inflation joke. I strike it from the record. Um, uh, so, and we actually know this kind of exchange as Seward's Folly because if I recall correctly, it was the uh, Department of, um, it was our Secretary of State uh, that made the purchase, whose last name was Seward. And it was pretty much people were um, calling it a folly because it was a giant open area that no one lived in, wasn't developed at all. Uh, and so they were like, well, you just bought a bunch of land for no reason. And yeah. Um, but Is it any different today, though? <laughs> I mean, no. Well, I guess <laughs> they do have some highways around there. Occasionally they have a couple of small cities. And then they have, uh, you know, North Pole, Alaska, where their mayor, Santa Claus, ran for uh, the House of Representatives, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. I don't think he actually won, but he was pretty cool. He was a big Bernie supporter. So I could get behind Santa. Um, so the reason why they sold their American colony is because they realized that, first off, most of their population is in Europe. 
And in order to get to America, they either had to travel through Canada or they had to travel through the vast empty wilderness that is Siberia to get to Alaska. Mm -hmm. If someone like, I don't know, Britain or Canada, who is closely affiliated with Britain, decided to invade Alaska, there would be absolutely nothing they could do. So instead of like trying to support any sort of infrastructure there, they're like, you know what? Let's just get some cash. So. It's like a business deal. It, it makes exactly. sense. And they probably use the cash to like help fund, um, you know, their infrastructure projects and all the other reforms that they were doing. So with all these great reforms, you'd think he'd be incredibly popular, right? Well, as we are going to find <laughs> out, it is never as cut and dry as it seems. Um, I, I'm going to say the titles of these things. Oh, good. Um, because I think they're, some of them are quite creative. Uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, allegedly. On April 4th, 1866, Alexander II was out on a walk around his summer palace. Um, for those not aware, the summer palace is located in St. Petersburg. Um, because I had to look that up. Because I honestly <laughs> thought the summer and winter palace, as we will find out, were located in different cities. But no, they're located in the same city. <laughs> so he moves between the winter palace in the winter and the summer palace in the summer. He just I, he needs a change of view, okay? Being a royal, I, very boring. I mean, yeah, that's fair. At least the I think it's his summer palace or one of his palaces are on an island, so it's oh. not like it's not like they're next door, you know. <laughs> down the street. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you got you're like, oh man, you know what? I think I'm gonna spend the night at my summer palace and just walk two steps next door. Um so he took a walk around his summer palace with no guards, something that his father did as well. It was kind of just like a customary thing that they used to do. A small crowd of passers-by manifested out of the ether to see the emperor walk towards his carriage, as you do. I mean, this sort of thing still happens to this day with celebrities, so why not the most powerful man in Russia? People pretty much <laughs> revere as something like a step or two below Jesus, so, you know, might as well. Anyway, as Alexander stopped in front of his carriage to put on his coat because he was going somewhere, a gunshot aimed towards him came from the crowd. However, the gun, and subs subsequently the bullet, was shifted away from the Tsar and into the air, where it hit a small girl, Shannon Smitovich, a few blocks away as she stood in her backyard. Ugh. Unfortunate. Well, what happened? How did a bullet just come out of nowhere, you know, out of a crowd? Well... The shot was fired by 26-year-old, and I'm just going to apologize. There are a lot of Russian names. I'm going to try my best, but I'm not going to uh, dwell on it. Dmitry Karakozov. Okay. Yes. And was misdirected by 28-year-old hatmaker's apprentice Osip Kozimarov, uh, who managed to hit Dmitry's hand as he attempted to fire. Uh, as Dmitri was captured by the crowd, a proclamation was found in his pocket, reading, I felt sad and sore because my people were dying, and so I decided to destroy the evil czar and die for my dear people myself. So after he was caught by this crowd, uh, he was actually brought before the czar, who asked him, why did you try to shoot me? Because he didn't hit him, obviously. Yeah. Um, Dmitri was responded, you fooled your people. You promised them land. And didn't give it to them. And this is where I mentioned a little piece of the Emancipation Manifesto that I didn't cover earlier. Well, yes, the serfs were indeed freed from their bonds to land, just like the, you know, African-American slaves that we had in the Civil War. They also had nowhere to go. 
kind of like the African-American slaves that were freed in the Civil War, as the newly freed peasants had to buy out the lands that they had worked for generations um, on from the state. So it wasn't they weren't given the land for free. They were just like, you don't have to live here. <laughs> we you unbound you land. from the land, but yes. you still owe us money. It's it's like taking your pet, you know, dog or something and being like, you know what, you've been caged too long and just, you know, throw them outside and say, be free. And the dog's like, what? Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know how to do this. <laughs> it's like, so when's food? Yeah, um, <laughs> they, come, they keep coming back and they're like, what, when, how? Yeah. How, um, I can't afford this land. Uh, so where do I go? So, uh, let's see here. The czar's savior, Osip, the hat maker's apprentice, was granted hereditary nobility status. It didn't specify anything else that went along <laughs> with that status. As far as I'm aware, uh, Alexander just said, you are now nobility. Good job, um, buddy. Oh, he actually also did give him a hug that night. So <laughs> later on, he was invited. No. Osip was invited back into the palace where the czar hugged him. Um, yes. Uh, and But considering, you know, how forward thinking all these other liberal reforms were, it probably was just he was called a, a noble and then went back to making hats or something. It, it's, <laughs> the articles didn't say, but He's that's like, my head. You can come to the Christmas ball, but like other than that, <laughs> go back to making hats. You you can walk in here from time to time. I'll be like, hey, Osip, how's it going? And then you'll be like, oh, I still got to afford rent. So bye. Um <laughs> So, and Dimitri was put on trial and executed in September uh, that year. Um, now, that was a harrowing assassination attempt, but it was certainly not the only one. <laughs> um, the next one, uh, the next title is This Guy Needs a Bulletproof Carriage, like the Pope Mobile. Literally a year and a month later, in May 1867, Alexander, with his sons Vladimir and the future Alexander III, Here's another Alexander. Oh, my um, goodness. We're in Paris attending the World's Fair of 1867. One day, Alexander II, the third, and Vladimir, <laughs> and the Emperor of France, Napoleon III, were traveling in a carriage, leaving one of the many events of the fair. While leaving, a Polish 21-year-old, Anton Baranowski ran up to the carriage and tried to shoot the Tsar from a short distance with a self-modified double-barreled pistol of Anton's own design. And I don't know if you know anything about the recent former uh, Japanese prime minister that was assassinated a couple months ago. Uh-huh. You typically don't want to try and um, fire uh, with a gun that is of your own design. <laughs> no. Unfortunately for the uh, premier, uh, or uh, unfortunately for the uh, former uh, prime minister, it did still hit. Um, yeah. Fortunately for Alexander, it did not. The gun exploded, uh, wounding Anton's hand, and a bullet actually flew out, um, and it ricocheted and hit one of the horses who was escorting the carriage. No! The horse... The horse violently reared, throwing the cavalryman who was on it off and onto Anton, pinning him to the ground. Um, so because he was already caught, uh, during his interrogation, Anton fully confessed his deed, proclaiming that he had planned to kill Alexander II in the name of liberation of his homeland, Poland. A good chunk of what we call Poland today was under Russian rule. In fact... Alexander II was also crowned king of Poland when he ascended. 
<laughs> uh, which kind of really feels like a dick move. But, you know, what are you going to do if given that, you know, uh, choice? Not be king of Poland? Right. Like, you got to right? take what's coming for you. I also, be- <laughs> I think it's really funny that Anton had to confess because it's not like he was pointing the finger. His hand was blown off. Yeah. <laughs> he li- like it was ob- obviously he did it. Like there we don't need to hear his story. Like he's exactly he's done. I mean, you got to you got to do due process like, <laughs> you know, you still have to have the person confess or they can still be not guilty even if it's obviously not that he is the obvious that he's guilty. So, you know. <laughs> um <laughs> anyway, the average Polish citizen was not too pleased being under the Russian thumb as that thumb had recently been putting the screws into the Polish people, or ho- however you say that idiom. Um, what? Sorry, thumb screws. It's, I realize now saying that out loud, that was a bad joke. <laughs> Never mind. Um, <laughs> anyway, four years prior, in 1863, a rebellion against Russian rule had vi- been violently suppressed there. Called the January Uprising, since it took place in January of Wait, 1863. Wait, are all these month things true? Yes. <laughs> the Decemberist Revolt and the January Uprising. I can't, and you also have the October Revolution that occurred um, in, uh, like, leading up to the USSR being formed. Um, I think there was, like, one in June or something like that. So, like, I guess if you're special enough that that's the first revolution or revolt that happened in Russia, you get that month, you know. It's named after the month. I guess I can appreciate um, that from a having to remember it stance of, like, well, you know, we gave you half of the date, so you should ace yeah, the test. You just, yeah, you just got to know the year. Oh, the Decemberist Revolution. Uh, I think that happened in July. <laughs> Um, so during this January uprising, uh, some 10 to 30,000 people were killed and or wounded, um, depending on who you ask. Poland, um, says between 10 and 20, Russia says 30, uh, and an additional 70,000 people were imprisoned and subsequently exiled from Poland, most likely to Siberia. Yikes. Anton's... Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Anton's family was part of those who were exiled, which was why Anton saw assassinating Alexander II as revenge. In a surprising twist, because I thought this was really interesting, he was not executed. He was actually sentenced to 40 years of labor, of hard labor, sorry. He must have been, like, really strong or really hot or something, and they're like, well, we'll keep this one around. He probably was just, like, they probably thought it was funny that he, like, probably permanently mangled his hand, and so they were like, you know what? Let's have you do some hard labor. Let's have you, like, use your hand uh, to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, He actually was set free in 1906. So he survived the whole ordeal, and he was released. Ah, So, (laughs) the next assassination, (laughs) which I titled, Can't Hit What You Can't See. Um, Alexander, because... The first guy who shot at him missed wildly. That guy was executed. This guy who caused a scene, at the very least, he's just like hard labor? Yeah. And it's true. Before I, you call bullshit. Yeah. I, how does that make it make sense? Maybe he, maybe Alexander was just having a good day. Maybe he got some entertainment watching the guy's hand get horribly mangled and then right. have a person fall on him from a horse, you know? That, I don't know. I don't understand. <laughs> Uh, I don't understand the inner machinations of the monarchy. I mean, they're willing to marry each other off. They're marry. They're willing to marry cousins to each other. So, 
I have no idea what goes on in their inbred heads. Um, <laughs> Alexander finally earned... Oh, speaking of which, uh, the first Alexander was suffering from a lot of issues later on in life that a lot of people are now uh, thinking was um, like early onset schizophrenia. So... Again, oh. just making that point known. Um, not this Alexander, but Alexander the First, his Alexander the Second's uncle, the one who didn't have legitimate children. Um, he also he actually got typhus while sailing around. I think in some, I think the Black Sea or something to that effect. Um, so he was traveling and he got sick and died. Uh, so uh, what you can't hit, what you can't see. Alexander finally earned some time off from attempted assassinations, since his next one wasn't for another twelve years. I'd say a pretty good record, you know, two assassinations, two years, he gets some time off. Um, Almost to the day, April 2nd, not 4th, April 2nd, 1879, Alexander took his daily walk around the Winter Palace, unattended by any guards. Uh, He just doesn't learn his lesson. No matter matter what you can say about this man, he sure does love his walks, even after (laughs) two assassination attempts. You'd think he learned his lesson, but no. While he was walking, a 32-year-old nobleman and retired civil servant, Alexander no. Solonov, Solon, so, Soloviev, and yes, another <laughs> Alexander, um, ran up and fired from about 12 steps away at the Tsar. This time, instead of a hat maker's apprentice smacking the gun away, or the gun exploding, the assassin missed his target, and Alexander II took off running in a zigzag pattern. <laughs> Well, the czar, yes, he did. He he, he was doing the, you know, the duck and weave. Wow. He was like, hedge, hedge, hedge. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he ran for a good while. He was was chased by, Alexander was chased by Alexander. While the czar was still pretty naive to think he didn't need guards on his walks, he had taken some self-defense classes in the break between assassination attempts (laughs) and was better prepared for another eventual attempt on his life. Because he did get a little paranoid. I didn't really write about this, but he did kind of start being a little bit more reactionary after his first assassination attempt. Well, you'd hope. Under, yeah, uh, well, <laughs> no, you don't hope. <laughs> he started kind of like winding back a little more things, kind of reining in a little bit more power, um, kind of as a response. And people thought he was getting a little paranoid, as you do. Um, so, as Alexander took off in a zigzag pattern, his assassin, Alexander, took off after him, chasing him down the road. Um, taking a couple, uh, taking two more shots at Alexander II. Uh, by then, a mounted military policeman, also named Alexander. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> name not given. Uh, um, yeah, it probably was Alexander. <laughs> probably Alexander. I like to think at this point, most people in Russia were named Alexander. Or this guy was um, like Alexei, and they were like, oh, well. <laughs> close enough. He's yeah. fine. They only hired like military officers if their name were Alexander or something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, a mounted military policeman had caught up with the exa- assassin Alexander um, while and and hit him with a saber so hard that the blade bent, according to one source. I don't really know what that means. Like, did he hit the gun so hard that the saber bent? Or was this assassin Alexander made of some steel or something like that? Like, it didn't explain it. So that's why I was like, you know, according to one source, sure. it bent the saber. Uh, it is what it is. Alexander the assassin managed two more shots on Alexander the second. Um, or, well, he managed two more shots, sorry. One at Alexander II, and then another at the crowd who had assembled out of thin air to what? pursue him. 
So, yes, during this whole time. So this was a long enough chase sequence that a mounted police officer was able to help and a crowd had formed behind the assassin to try and catch him. Because, again, a reoccurring theme. Apparently, there's just a lot of random passerbys at the winter or summer palaces that are just ready to jump at the emperor's every whim. So um, you're saying when they sold Alaska, they didn't spend the money on security. N- no. Well, <laughs> why bother when you got a bunch of crowds that just appear out of thin air whenever you take a walk, right? Like, shoot, I don't need to pay for these guards. These people will just gawk at me anyway. Might as well let them save the day. And then I'll make them a, you know, a noble and they can go back to doing whatever it is they do, like dying of cholera or something. Um, <laughs> dysentery. So was, dysentery as well, yes. Um, he was finally, he was caught by the crowd, Alexander. Um, according to Alexander's published testimony, he had acted independently, but in the spirit of the program of his party. Alexander was hung three days later with a crowd of 70,000 watching the act. What was his party, you may ask? Well, he was a member of the Zemola E. Voya? Oh, yeah, I, I know them. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which translates to Land and Liberty, a revolutionary group that helped birth the main antagonist of the story, Naradnaya, mm-hmm. Naradnaya, I think, Volya. <laughs> okay. If, if you are upset with my Russian, just write it out in the comments because I, I, I'm trying here. Michael loves hate mail. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> I, I, I love any sort of attention, so I, just give it to me, please. I, I don't want to beg, but I will. Um, next section. So, assassin attempt four. Um, if handguns don't work, it might be time for bigger boom. Grenades? Bigger. Oh. Um, to be brief, since I want to explain the group in better detail um, while setting up the actual successful assassination <laughs> plot, um, Nard, Narod Naya mm-hmm. Volia, Vola? Yeah. Well, yeah, whatever. Or People's Will, which I'll probably just call them People's Will, even though I kept writing the name because I'm a <laughs> masochist. Again, I, I I might beg for hate mail. Um, <laughs> People's Will was a late 19th century revolutionary political organization composed primarily of revolutionary socialist intellectuals uh, who believed in the efficacy of terrorism. Essentially, they were a bunch of college people that liked terrorism. Um, oh, and so terrorism. Socialist. They were socialist terrorists. Oh, okay. Um, well, then cooler then. A little bit. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so they were on the left side, not the right side. Um, and terrorism, they did commit. Since uh, the prior three assassinations were not successful, members of the People's Will tried to figure out exactly what went, what went wrong. Wow, that mm-hmm. was a tongue twister. <laughs> Guns is what they decided. Oh. Guns were the culprit. They lose accuracy when the hand holding it is smacked. They can explode if modified. They can miss if the person can't aim worth a damn. Uh, Maybe if they come up with something that can fire in all directions, then there might be no chance that it'll miss. What if, follow me, what if they used bombs? Oh. Yeah. They work in Mario Kart. They work in this. Exactly. They didn't really have blue shells, so they couldn't really throw them. Uh, also, it was kind of vague because he wasn't in a race whenever he was in his carriage, oh. so you couldn't really guess. Like, the blue shells they tried kind of just went off in another direction because he wasn't really racing and he wasn't in first place. So. I mean, that chase scene was pretty compelling. 
yeah, that is true. If they did use a blue shell during that, they might have gotten him. Um, so, what was it? I, I jumped a bunch. Oh, yeah, I'm guessing as to their discussions, because, you know, they didn't really write that down. And if they did, I don't have access to that. Um, but the outcome is still pretty much the same. Later that year, in November 1879, members of the People's Will uh, knew the Imperial family and their entourage uh, would be heading home to St. Petersburg through Moscow. They were vacationing in Crimea, essentially, or part of the Ukraine, uh, for you know more modern audiences. Uh, the family and their entourage, I, I practiced that word, <laughs> entourage, their posse. I'm just uh, calling them the posse now. Anytime I read entourage, I'm reading posse because <laughs> I think that's funnier. The Imperial family and their posse <laughs> traveled in two separate trains with the Imperial family about 30 minutes behind their posse's train. The People's Will didn't want to leave anything to chance and they placed three bombs along the Tsar's route, one near Odessa along the Black Sea coast, the second near, again, another Alexander, Alexandrosk in the Zaporizhzhia Zaporizhzhia region. I think I got that one right. Sure. Um, I only know because I I follow this YouTube channel that does um, World War II week by week, and where they are technically right now in the war, there's a lot of fighting going on in Ukraine, which is kind of interesting uh, or coincidental given, you know, what's currently going on right now. So uh, the Zaporozhye region in Ukraine and the third one on the approach to Moscow. So nothing to chance, three bombs. Now let's hear how it all went to shit. <laughs> the first bomb was bypassed when the trains changed, when the trains changed directions. Why am I writing words that are just like so close together that I'm getting tongue tied? Um, and did not go through Odessa. So they rerouted. It didn't say why. They just apparently decided they didn't want to see Odessa. Um, while the second bomb that they placed at Alexandrovsk did not go off. But this is, you know, why they planned ahead with well, three bombs. Right. You know? Yeah, you want to have yeah, a fail you always safe. have a backup, 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 right? The third one should go off without a hitch, right? Obviously. This is where I remind you that the posse was supposed to lead um, in their train, uh, leading the second train carrying the Imperial family by about 30 minutes. So you got the posse train, 30 minute distance, and then the Imperial train. Just was it trains the or there. was it carriages, though? Trains. Hmm. Remember, they had uh, started building railroads, like really doing a massive infrastructure yeah, but, project. I mean, what if that went bad, though, and he just hadn't spent the right money to set the right tracks? And uh, I mean, that is actually a big deal in World War Two that I re- or World War One that I recall. In that um, back then, they had different gauges depending on or different. I think it's lengths apart of the train tracks, and mm-hmm. then also the size of the wheels were different. So. It became a giant clusterfuck in some places, like the Austrian or the Hungaro or the Austrian Hungarian Empire, uh, or kingdom or whatever. I can't remember the the Austrian Empire. That one, the one that fell apart at the end of World War One. Um, they had, I think, as many as like ten different like areas or regions where that had different gauges on trains, <laughs> and so that actually led to a lot of supply issues when World War One broke out because. You had to move the train to where that area ended, move the stuff onto another train, 
because it had to be an entirely separate train and then move that train to another region and then keep repeating. Um, I don't, I presume that Russia was a little bit more forward thinking in this way and having at least one agreed upon gauge for the whole country, but who knows? Um, they were on trains, though, okay. um, separated about 30 minutes apart, which is an important thing to state. Sure. So the people's will knew that or even knew which car Alexander was staying in, the fourth car in the second train. So the terrorists would let the first train through without accident. They wouldn't set off the bomb because it was just their posse, you know, servants, ladies in waiting, you know, the people that follow around Imperial, the Imperial family, right? Why blow them up when they can wait for the second car, which they knew to have Alexander? That's terrible logic, because if they blew up the first one, it would still cause a train crash. I mean, that actually, now now <laughs> that you mention that, that actually kind of does make sense. Like, if there was a bridge or something that they yeah. were going over, they could have just done it and then tried to take out both of them. Because, like, or at the very least, the train would have to stop and then you can jump the train. Have they not so watched I guess that very many sense. cartoons? Like, I don't understand. I don't know if Russia had invented cartoons yet. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I don't even know if they invented the printing press at this point. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> so the, they had the, vodka uh, the, and guns and trains. That's it. God, that sounds like America sometimes. <laughs> no, we're, Man, we're headed oh, in that direction. <laughs> That's what we were going towards. Oh shit! You're right. <laughs> we're like we're like Russia in the eighteen you know the eighteen eighties. We're going to start making assassinations cool. I mean, Nancy Pelosi's husband. You know that sort of thing just happened recently. So uh, who who knows? Who knows? Fall of America. Yada yada. Um, <laughs> we love to see it. <laughs> love, you hate to see it, but you actually don't hate to see we it. We love being part um, of history. Woo! Um, so let's see. They would set the bomb. They would set the bomb to go off right when the fourth car of the second train was directly on top of it. And that is exactly what they managed to do. The bomb actually went off. Whoa. Exactly as they planned. However, and this is kind of me like exaggerating a little bit. I don't really know what happened here, but I like, I want to, you know, stretch it a little bit. Exactly. As the bomb went off, the members on the ground noticed something was off. The car they blew up was not filled with the Imperial family, but rather the Imperial fruit storage. (laughs) No. Yeah. They blew up a car filled with fruit and no one was injured. They used a bomb and got bananaed? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Banana bombed. What went wrong? They probably wondered as they, you know, ran into the countryside to hide. Well, between and and Alexandrosk and Moscow, in a town you might have heard about in recent news, Kharkov, uh, the train carrying the posse was delayed for technical reasons. And instead of waiting, the Imperial family decided to press onwards. So they actually became the first train, and the posse train became the second. Oh, good for them. (laughs) Exactly. So this is like some comedic sitcom hijinks. Like, honestly, this would be a pretty funny show to watch. It's just like the assassination of Alexander II. And it's just like categorized like each season just leads up to this sort of assassination attempt that just goes wrong for comedic effect. And you could even throw in a laugh track. You know, the the Anton guy, he's sitting there, his hands all mangled and the laugh track's just going on and on. Um, so it was really fruit in the car. Yes. And did was, anybody was, die? No. No one was injured. So it was like... They, I, the worst thing that happened was the Imperial family couldn't eat their 
fruit that they imported from, you know, more tropical states uh, or something. What a waste. <laughs> I know. I was kind of sad at that as well. Like, oh, man. Well, you know, you, you got a lot of smash stuff. You could probably make some pies out of it or something. <laughs> Somebody in the car behind them was like, do you smell baking? <laughs> Ooh, are those pies I smell? Banana um, bread? Ooh, that sounds good right now. Um, the last section, a backup to a backup. Now, if there is one thing we've learned about the people's will, it's that they're very meticulous. You know, they couldn't possibly have only one iron in the fire, right? They have to have multiple plans in place just in case things fail. And you would be right. They had multiple. Um, in September, nine, or in, in September, so last assassination attempt was November. So this was actually set up before the train explosion. And in September of 1879, Stepan, I think it's Stefan, and that's just the way that it's spelled. Sure. So I'm just going to call him Stefan and not Alexander. Um, <laughs> a Calturin, a 22-year-old peasant turned revolutionary propagandist, which very drastic career change, I have to say. Yeah, peasant, that's... revolutionary propagandist. But you know what? Live your dream. When one door closes because serfdom was ended... You open another one, and that's a revolutionary. Bomb will open a window. Exactly. Yeah. If there's no doors, blow a window open <laughs> with the bomb. Um, so, speaking of career choices, he applied for a job as a carpenter at the Winter Palace, uh, which allowed him to live in a room in the basement, kind of just in case they somehow needed a carpenter on call. Apparently, that's a very busy gig look you know sometimes you're in the you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like i just had a dream about this chair and i need this chair right now and so you call <laughs> your live-in carpenter and you're like look this is this a home renovation show yes it absolutely is i need you to build me this chair and it needs to be done in two hours get on it I I like to think the uh, emperor woke up, you know, got out of bed, hopped out or rolled out of bed or whatever, stepped on the wooden floor and heard a creak. <laughs> he paused and he kept creaking and he's like, carpenter, this must be fixed and stormed off. You expect um, me to live in these conditions? What is this? Uh, 20 years ago when we still lived in the Stone Age? I think not. Um, so... He used his status as a carpenter to start smuggling in explosives into his room. Oh. By, exactly. You know, the explosives did work. They just, you know, it was a moving target. They, you know, there was a 50-50 chance they got it right, and they flipped the coin and got tails instead of heads. So the explosion still worked. Let's keep going with that. He was a carpenter, but he was also an aspiring mixologist and was working on a new cocktail. <laughs> Uh, thankfully he wasn't doing that. He wasn't making a meth lab in his room. He was just getting good old dynamite, uh, which by February 1880, he had accrued some 70 pounds of dynamite. <laughs> Leave nothing to chance. <laughs> really? 70 pounds? Yes. Technically 40 kilos, but it, sure. you know, it's, it's about the same thing. I translate it for us Americans, you know, freedom units. We don't know. Yeah, fuck the metric system. Freedom units all the way. I want to know exactly that it's, you know, 7.8 micro ounces to the gallon or something like that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, on February 5th, 1880, another Alexander, <laughs> Prince Alexander of Hesse, no. was visiting. Yes. No, not <laughs> like another I, one. Yes, no. I told you another no, Alexander. No, this one needs it a is, nickname. This is Alex. Okay, Prince Alex of Hesse. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, 
was visiting his brother-in-law, Alexander II. They were going to eat dinner in the dining room, which was exactly two floors above Stefan's room. He even made sure that he knew exactly when they would be eating ahead of time so he can set off the explosives in his room and blow the whole thing to smithereens. However, Prince Alex of Hesse was fashionably late, about 30 (laughs) minutes, which Stefan had not been aware of. Oh, man. Yeah, so when he set off the explosives, none of his targets were in the room at all. Again, no one was injured, as the servants were told to wait to set up the table until Prince Alexander had actually arrived. Right. So they hadn't even started setting up the tables or anything like that. They just let it be. Um, Surprisingly, Stefan managed to escape and continued his terrorist activity (laughs) for two more years. When in 1882, he was hung in Odessa for taking part in the murder, and the source said murder, so I feel like this guy wasn't popular. Okay. Taking part in the murder of a military prosecutor in Kiev. It was only at the very end of this trial that Stefan was associated with the attempted bombing at the Winter Palace. Nobody was like, wait, wasn't that his room? And they were like, nah, it's fine. They were like, it's probably just a bunch of manure. This goes off all the time. Eh, Wood polish, very flammable. Mm Mm-hmm, and how. Um, So it was back to the drawing board again for the people's will. And while they draft up another plan that will most certainly fail, this is where I end today's episode. Wow. (laughs) I did so good. Yeah. Um... There were there were some things like there wasn't a lot of history lies. In fact, um, do you have any stabs? <sighs> um, let's see. Let's let's think back here for a moment because I don't know any history, especially I, Russian I, history. <laughs> I try and not do that unless it's like an uh, like I can't say obvious lie because yes, um, but. I don't want to do, like, I, I've done away with the ones where it's like, I just changed the year, or, you know, something like that. Like, oh, yeah, you should have known that he ascended to the throne in 1827, not 1825. You know, I don't do that anymore. Because <laughs> well, that's not interesting. <laughs> I'm thinking that one of the, like, original kind of proclamations he made was a lie. But I don't know which one or remember them. So that's really helpful. Well, the only proclamation that I explicitly named was the Emancipation Manifesto. Okay. You are sniffing onto something, <laughs> and I will give it to you, especially because you did actually ask something, but it was correct. He did technically free the serfs, okay. which was the question that you asked. However, uh, he had this manifesto decreed in 1861, beating the Americans by good oh, two years on their emancipation okay. stuff. Yes, um, but other than that, it's all true. Like, he had that uh, manifesto in 1861 that freed the serfs, but didn't really give them any amount, any way of, you know, living. Um, so it's like, hey, you know, you, you, can't, you can't go home because you have no home, but you can't stay here because yeah. you don't live here anymore, you know? Yikes. So. Um, <laughs> I know we were joking about the, like, five guys to one gun ratio. Was that true? Or did they have a oh, nice abundance th- of guns? That was an aside. Um, that was just something okay. that I I remember from other from other things. I don't know how true all of that is. Okay, but it's kind of like a a joke um, that some historians tell. Like especially because in the beginning of uh, during Operation Barbarossa, when 
Germany kind of invaded the Soviet Union, they weren't really prepared for it, um, especially be- mostly because Stalin was busy purging a lot of his veteran officers and everything because he was super paranoid. And also because he was ignoring reports that Germans were amassing on the border and that they had every intention of invading because a couple years ago they signed the, um, oh, something Ribbentrop Pact, which was essentially a non-aggression pact between Germany and Russia. Stalin figured that, you know, Hitler would eventually betray the, you know, pact and invade, but he figured it would be long in the future. By some time. So he's like, exactly. He's like, I don't need to worry about now, you know. Um, at this point, they had already just taken over. They were still invading France or, or t- something to that effect. They were still having a lot of operations in the Mediterranean. So it's like, I don't really need to worry too much about it. And then all of a sudden, bam, the Germans just started sweeping over the border and no one was prepared for it. So I think a lot of that sort of joke came into play with the, well, they weren't prepared. They didn't mass produce guns, but they had people. They had plenty of people. Uh, so at that point, just pick up whatever guns you could find. This is like a, you know, a modern first person shooter. Like (laughs) when your gun's out, you got to find another one. Throw it away. No. Uh huh. Exactly. Um, my last stab is, uh, the name of the terrorist organization. Was that a lie or was it the will of the people? It was the people's will. Yeah. Okay. At least that's what it translates to the Narodnaya, the Rodnaya Volia. Yes. Okay. I'm going to say that that's canon. That's the canon <laughs> pronunciation. But yes, it is the people's will. Okay. Ready for the lies? I failed this miserably. I am not passing uh, go. I'm not collecting $200. It's it's funny that we still hold on to this sort of general idea or concept for the you know podcast, even though we never do good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not smart like, people, Michael. Like, well, you- <laughs> not even, not even that, because like Shane doesn't guess because he just likes listening to you know me bumblefuck words. Yeah, um, because it's an interesting, it's you know fascinating to him that I can't pronounce words to save my life. Um, well, you're like an but, experiment of the English language. I'm a perversion of the English language. I, you could take that to the bank, future me, in my shorts. Anyway. <laughs> Um, it's just, it's just fascinating that like, we still have this whole concept, but like, we don't really do it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we, uh, try and suss out lies except for when we don't. We try. <laughs> it's, it's funny. We fail oh, yeah, miserably. We, there's, there's sometimes when we try, but I would definitely be the, I would be hypocritical if I said I did. I barely try. Cause I'm more interested to hear about the cool information that we learn. Uh-huh. So learning about things you were kind of you were actually were pretty close about a lot of these lies um and i gotta give you credit for that (laughs) um you were talking about if all the children if none of the children were legitimate you were right but he actually had very he only had i think two living children that weren't considered his he didn't even acknowledge that they were his he didn't have like a a harem harem is a bad (laughs) word he didn't have like a smorgasbord, a bun, a I don't know the the name of a, I don't know the name for a group of he children. Didn't but he didn't have an abundance of children to choose yes. from, or even to name heir. Yes, yeah, he did have several children that were you know legitimate, but I think they all died when they were like children or like like sure babies. they okay. Like I think one died right after it was born, one died of an infection a year after it was born. You know, typical, you know 
you know, modern, or not modern day, pre-modern day, like where you have 17 children and you hope to survive. Yeah. And so you can yeah. have them work the field. Yeah. So they can work the field and, and then hopefully die. not die. Yeah. <laughs> die after they produce more children yeah. to help work the field. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yes. Uh. Let's see here. The next lie, I already mentioned the uh, Emancipation Manifesto. Um. This one I'm quite proud of. So, um, there was no small girl, Shannon Smithovich, that died. Um, it never specified that, but there's actually a funny, well, not a funny law. It's actually a very tragic law. There is a law in Arizona called Shannon's Law. Yes. Which makes it a felony. Yes. Shannon Smith is the name of the girl who died when someone shot a gun or a bullet up into the air and it it hit her in the head when she was standing in her backyard. Yes. Shannon is kind of a Russian translation for Shannon and Smith is Russian for Smith. That's very or, clever. Essentially, yes. Okay. And then I, 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 Smith wasn't really Russian-esque to me, so I, Smithovich, just to do it. that, but yeah. I was quite proud of that one. Um, and that's only because I've, I've used this law before in some sort of episode or I've talked about it before. And it's like one of those like weird trivia things that I know about Arizona law. Typically, it is illegal to shoot your gun into the air. It's also incredibly stupid. Yeah. But in Arizona, it's an actual felony to do so. So does it stop anybody? No. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if they get caught, well, that's when they get the felony. Bad day. Yeah. Um, you're not really going to like this uh, lie, but um, the horse did not save the day. Um, the horse was shot. No! But that's all that I heard about the horse. As far as I'm aware, the horse just poofed off into, like, disappeared from existence. <laughs> uh, the crowd actually captured uh, Anton, just as they did for Dimitri, just as they did for um, Alexander. Uh, the, apparently... This crowd that's surrounding Alexander II is just always poised and ready to capture would-be assassins. That's why he doesn't need guards. He's got, like, this trained group of just random strangers that will just jump at his every whim. Um, I could not find anything on the horse, and I kind of did try because I was curious. Did the horse survive? Did it die? <laughs> what did it do? Um, so I presume that in my headcanon is that the horse survived. And lived a long and happy life, you know, given that he it, it took a bullet for the czar. Yeah. So I feel like it was also made hereditary nobility uh, and it lived a life of luxury. Yeah. And so. then he got custom hats from the hat guy. <laughs> yeah. It actually became that's actually going to be the spinoff is going to be Osip, the um, hat apprentice hat maker. It's going to be like nobility and, you know, what was it nobility in the city or something where they like immigrate <laughs> to New New York or something. And uh, now they got to make it uh, with, you know, a horse that has a gun wound and, a, and an apprentice hat maker. I like it. What wacky hijinks will they get into next? <laughs> um, <laughs> They're just trying so, to survive the crowd. Yeah. And he, and he gets like panic attacks anytime he's in a crowd and, and it's next to someone that he like kind of knows. He's like, where's the assassin? And, you know, it's played off for laughs. Um, it's called PTSD. Yeah, and the horse is um, a service animal from now on. <laughs> there we go. I love it. He's like the first service animal in the United States, a service horse. And, and, and the horse is like also paranoid too, where it's like ready to just jump in front of a gun should it just like go off. Um, it's like a so funny the next, cop movie. It's great. 
Yeah, see? It's a great spinoff. We already we already got two things, right? We got the assassination attempts of Alexander II, and then we already got a spinoff in the works. This is perfect. Mwah, mucho content. Um, the, the next slide. So I mentioned the January uprising, right? I said it took place in January of 1863. It actually lasted a lot longer than that. It did start in January 1863, but it actually lasted until June 1864. Don't ask me why it was called January Uprising, aside from the fact that it started in January. I like to think it should have been the January 1863 to June 1864 Uprising, but, you know, that's just me. Yeah, the Maybe spring I'm a little uprising. too particular. The spring uprising. <laughs> oh, no, I think they already had that. I think they oh, already took the, the seasons. Yeah, uh, they're like, we want to call it this, but we, we can't call it two. We can't call it the Spring Uprising 2, you know, the 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 real uprising, you know. Um, this time it's personal. Uh, yeah, so it lasted about a year and a couple of months. So um, I, I'm surprised you didn't get this one because oh, no. I, I think you got distracted by the zigzag pattern, yes. which is true. He did not take any self-defense classes. I thought you between... were joking when you said that. I <laughs> no! did not think that was a serious part. I was like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> In that case, I will give it to you. Um, because it, if, if it came off as a joke, that's not what it should have been. Uh, and so for that, I apologize. We all knew. We were like, no, he didn't. He was yeah. too busy um, traveling back and forth between his palaces. Yeah, zigzagging between them. Um, well, the sources I, I used make pains to explain that Alexander ran in a zigzag pattern. They never went into detail why he thought it was a good idea. He probably Because I would have loved to see that. He probably, that was his probably first thing. It's like, I need to go this way. No, wait, this way. Like, he was probably choosing between going back to the Winter Palace or going to the Summer yes. Palace to hide. It's just like, which way to go? Um, and then that, oh, and then one last time, uh, so the bombs went off, yes, um, but the second one wasn't as fortunate, um, people were injured, oh. actually, a lot of people were injured, it's, it's 70 pounds of dynamite, which makes a pretty big boom, yeah, um, Stefan did kill some people, uh, 11 to be exact, oh my God. uh, there were some guards on the level between the dining room and Stefan's room, who, were obviously killed, and then some additional 56 people were injured. Oh my um, gosh. Not exactly, though his targets were still unscathed. They weren't even even in the area. So, yeah, a lot of collateral damage. Oh my I mean, god. Well, you know, and he was probably as the carpenter going around and, like, weakening in the floor joints and, like, you know, moving furniture around well. and being like, oh, well, I think this looks better over here. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, it doesn't ever specify that he actually knew what he was doing as a carpenter, <laughs> considering he had the, you know, the career change of peasant to revolutionary propagandist. I don't know if he really had time in between to go to carpentry school, but who knows? Who knows? It didn't say. And, I feel um, like he lived the American dream, really. I mean. Oh, yeah. Do what, do what peasant you. Peasant to it, <laughs> propagandist <laughs> is like, honestly, our whole shtick over here. Exactly. You know, if you um if you love what you if you love what you do, you won't work a day in your life. And once he stopped being a peasant, I feel like he never worked a single day in his life. It's all about your that. mindset, you know? Exactly. He he had the Sigma grind set. 
grinding two floors into ash and and dust and a couple people as well in the crossfire this is totally off topic but it just reminded me have you heard snoop dogg's new like affirmation song for children no (laughs) okay i'll send that to you later oh man sounds fantastic (sighs) what okay we can't we can't leave the listeners like in the dark about it like at least give a general gist of what it what it's about so the video i saw there's like a dog mascot i think it's named snoop doggy or something like that and it was little kids dancing to snoop dog essentially singing affirmations for children cool yeah i like uh, that i feel like you know sounds wholesome and john was like didn't he kill somebody <laughs> Yeah. Allegedly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Allegedly. I think more than a more than one person. But you know what? I'd say he's turned his life around. He, you know, he's he's he is living the American dream. Well, it's I mean, shoot. <laughs> he he was involved with the world's biggest what was it, gin and tonic? Oh. He, 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 no, it was um it was a screwdriver. It was some sort of mixed drink. Gin and juice? I think yeah, I think maybe gin and juice, yeah. Uh, and there was like a picture that I saw where he's like sitting next to this like man sized glass <laughs> that was just filled with this liquor, and he was just looking ecstatic about it. And I, I'm like, man, that is that is the dream <laughs> to do whatever you want. You, you're like, I could use a little bit of money, but you know what? I actually like Corona. I'm gonna do an episode, or I'm gonna do a commercial where I'm just sitting on the beach having a Corona with um, I almost said Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, one of the guys from Lonely Island. I can't remember his name. Blanking on it. He's in Brooklyn 911 or 999 or whatever. <laughs> I haven't watched the show. I don't know. I know so I'm just going to stutter. I know who you're talking about, but I don't know his name. So I'm no help there. I like, though, I called out Jesse Eisenberg. It, and he's the one only that done... looks like him. Exactly. I thought they were the same person for years uh-huh. until after the social network. But as far as I'm aware, Jesse Eisenberg has only been in like a couple of movies compared to the other guy who was on SNL for years. So I, it's funny that I remember Eisenberg, but not the other guy. Well, we only like background characters here. We love the That's underdog. Fair. I mean, he did play Zuckerberg, and then he was Lex Luthor in a Batman v Superman. And those are the only two movies that I know that he's in. Uh, I hope, <laughs> and I didn't watch one of them. I really genuinely hope that John and Shane listen back to this and are just screaming the name of this actor. Oh yeah, they definitely us. know. I'm going to look it up when I'm done and slap my forehead about it and be like, "Oh, duh." But I think um, Snoop Dogg really is a great example for us. I think we should pivot to a children's show. I think that's our new market. Hell yeah. Let's fucking do- oh, <laughs> Sorry. Yes, I agree with that. Uh I agree. I think those are those are lower vocab words. I think that passes, yeah. right? Yeah. That sounds splendorific. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. <laughs> also cringe as fuck i don't think i could I, I i don't think i can make a children's show i as soon as i say say one thing wrong i'll just start yelling a bunch of curse words and they'll be like mommy what does these words mean and uh <laughs> that's when i get canceled <laughs> again well i have to be uh you know no I, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like assassination yeah. you know you have to be popular in order to be canceled. So I am uncancelable because I have no popularity to my name. That's right. Nobody can assassinate your character because you aren't one. Because I, I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that. I'm going to keep telling people I am uncancelable because I have no popularity. 
beautiful. And uh, with that, um, speaking of lack of popularity, we have socials. Um, uh, you won't click them. No. I'm copying Shane there. You won't. Bet. Bet. Um, that's what the kids say nowadays. Bet. YOLO. They don't say YOLO anymore. Or on fleek. I Every time I work with people that are in high school, I always have to ask if, like, pop terms that I picked up over the years are still popular. And so I'd be like, hey, is on fleek still thing? No. What is that? And I'm like, oh, God, I feel so old. <laughs> Considering they're now, like, twice my age whenever I'm, I'm there. And, yeah, so it's, it's, it's fun stuff. But, um, yeah, socials. Uh, don't click on them. Um, except for shorts. Please visit, just visit YouTube, YouTube. Guys, that's it. That's all just, we care about. Just YouTube about. it. Yeah. I mean, shoot, just watch our stuff on YouTube. It's not like we get downloads anywhere anywhere else. Um, we're a YouTube only podcast. Yeah, now, actually, we're is... YouTube exclusive. They exclusively won't host us anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, because I won't pay them money. <laughs> um, but, uh,. I think that's all he usually says. Um, yeah, so socials, do them. Uh, zip, I almost said zipty zoop, we're out of here. <laughs> we haven't even done a full outro. God, Shane is just like groaning and ripping his, almost said his hair out, <laughs> ripping his beard out. Oh, great. Now he's going to come after me with that statement. Well, <gasps> if you don't see me next week, uh, Shane killed me. Um, and it's a murder, not an assassination. Know your facts, kids. And with that, uh, thank you for listening to the Disinformed Podcast. I am Michael. <laughs> and I'm Courtney. And zippity zoop, we're out of here. <laughs> <laughs>